Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I do want to preach this message because I'm kind of not that guy that preaches a message called Watch Out What You Ask For. (laughs) Watch what you ask for. I, I like to preach on faith. I like to preach on hope. I like to preach, you can do it, dream big, get the biggest dream, ask, get the biggest ask on, ask for the most, uh, everything, everything in me doesn't want to be the guy that says, just watch what you ask for. You better watch out what you ask for. But this morning, uh, it's like anything with power. Usually, if you buy something that has power, there's like a warning label. You, you ever, uh, ladies with the hairdryer, you know what I'm talking about? It's like that thing's got so much power, it's going to straighten out your curly hair. And uh, there's a big sticker on there, watch out what you ask for. Now, watch out what you do with this thing, you get electrocuted. And, uh, you know, lawnmowers or chainsaws, that's a big one, isn't it? It's got a little warning, like a label on there. Anything with power usually comes with some kind of a warning. Just just respect whatever it is that, that, that you're about to use here, because this could cause danger, it could even cause death. The hair dryer or the straightener in the bathtub, that possibly, you know, that could cause you to die. Uh, so there's warnings uh, on most things that have power. And this morning's message is kind of one of those. Watch out what you ask for. Because if you get it, well, you got to respect it. And so I like preaching on hope, get your hopes up. We've been in this series on hope, get, getting your hopes up, and vision, achieving dreams. And I really am a you-can-do-it kind of a guy. I want you to have a dream. I want you to have hope. I want you to have a, a vision. So it goes against everything in me to preach anything less. And I don't believe what I'm preaching this morning is anything less than that. But I want you to go over uh, with me to the book of James. James was Jesus's half-brother, and uh, he wrote about uh, the things that he's writing about in here concerning the church. And he warns about quarreling. He, he talks about, watch that little piece of flesh in your mouth. Uh, it's a muscle there that can change the, the course of history. It's like a rudder on a ship. It can turn a whole big boat around. It can set fires out. It can set world wars. It's, it's, it's a very powerful thing. He, he talks about there about humility, and there's a whole lot of warnings to the church that James gives. And I love this this uh, little segue here in James chapter 4, we're just going to read a couple of scriptures, 2 and 3. And he says this, he said, you desire, but do not, notice he doesn't say should not have, he says you desire, and desire is a great thing. To desire something is amazing, it's a good thing. He that desires a wife, it says, desires a good thing. Hello, men. And if you desire something, it's not bad, but you desire, but do not have. Isn't that frustrating to want something really bad and you don't get it? So you kill. I mean, that's a bit extreme, isn't it? You don't get it. You desire it, but you don't have it. And so you kill. And a lot of times we kill with our looks, we kill with our words, we kill with a lot of ways in our life, not just physical killing, but it does explain world wars and murder and all kinds of things. You covet. 
And he doesn't even say that coveting is wrong because the Bible actually talks about coveting some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially you might prophesy. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. Anybody been there? You want something really bad, but you cannot get what you want. And so you quarrel and fight. And there is the reason for quarreling and fighting. You do not have because, and I like this, you do not have because you do not ask God. Now, this is, a, this is a defining moment here. A lot of us want something, but we're afraid to ask the Father because we kind of know it's a bit iffy on whether God will want us to have whatever it is, like the Maserati or Ferrari. Uh, it's like, uh, I already know what Dad's going to say. So I'll ask mom, but in this case, we can't ask mom unless we're Catholics. And uh, so, so I'm not going to go to dad, and I'm not going to ask my heavenly father, because I know dad's going to say no. Dad's going to go, no, not until you clean your plate, not until you eat the veggies and eat everything else can you have that nice chocolate ice cream dessert. You're not going to have it, and don't bother asking mom. Uh, you're not going to have it. So we don't bother asking dad either. But he says here, you don't ask. You don't have because you do not ask God. And then verse 3, and when you ask. So this person is finally getting around to, okay, I'm going to get to the point where I, I really believe that this is God's will. I really believe that I, I'm going to go boldly before the throne of grace in time of need. I'm going to ask. When you ask you do not receive. So here's another, another condition here. Because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Before you get your hopes up, before you ask God for anything, I've got some questions that I want you to ask you this morning. Because I believe God wants us to have a lot of things that we desire, but we just don't know how to ask and what some of the questions that we need to ask ourselves before we go to Father God and start asking him. Can I pray for you this morning? Because I believe that there's a lot of expectation in this room, and we've talked already. We've had a, a series of uh, three weeks, I believe, of getting your hopes up, and, 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 and this morning is not now bring your hopes back down again. It's, you know, keep your hopes up. Let's keep our hopes up, but let's just ask a few questions uh, as we're asking and hoping for things. Father, I just thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I thank you that you're a good father, that you love to give us good things. And I pray for the souls that are longing here, that have many desires. I pray for people that have many needs that are here this morning. And I thank you that we will learn how to ask and we'll think about what we're asking for so that we can boldly ask you in time of need or even in times where we just want to be blessed with some things. And I thank you, Lord. Give us wisdom. Give us insight. Cause your word to sink deep into the soil of our heart. And everybody said, amen, amen in the mighty name of Jesus. First question I want to give you to ask yourself is, why, why do you want it? And I put it in parentheses because whatever it is, I mean, it could be 
money, it could be a car, it could be success, it could be a house, even a spouse. And that rhymes. That's pretty cool. Uh, but I put it in parentheses because I want you to think about it and ask yourself the question, why do I want it? Uh, another way of framing that is, uh, what are you going to do with it when you get it? Oftentimes, we don't think about that. Well, I want it. I want it really bad. Why? And what are you going to do with it when you get it? I, I have asked for a lot of things, and I've uh, desired a lot of things in my life, and I've kind of hung out for and waited patiently for a lot of things, and chances are you're, you're no different. Uh, I remember uh, some, of, some of those things were exercise machines. Uh, a treadmill machine has gone to the tip or lifeline or something out of our house. There's a, a little bouncy trampoline thing that someone in our household who will remain unnamed uh, that she wanted really bad uh, that maybe got used a couple of times. That's... Uh, it still doesn't go out when we have the big clean. You know the big clean when you really, we're, we're going to get in there. We don't have any storage. Like, you know, I'm tripping over everything. My, my uh, extreme thing that causes me to move is when I can't fit the cars in the garage. I just can't stand that when everything's stored on either side of the garage because we're just out of room. So there's boxes here, boxes here. Trying to get two cars together and, you know, trying try to get out, like, you're, you're sandwiched between the, uh, the, the two cars or you're on the other side. You got the boxes over here. You can't open the door. It's like, that's kind of like, okay, I've had enough of this. Like, I'm over it. And, and, and all those it's that we accumulated that we really didn't need, they're going. They are going somewhere. Either the tip, if we, if we find somebody with a trailer, and if you're in here and you've got a trailer, don't tell anybody. And if you made the mistake of telling people, hey, I got a trailer, if anybody's moving, you have made yourself one big mistake. You've just cost yourself practically every Saturday for the rest of your life. Oh, I know so-and-so's got a trailer. Big mistake for opening your mouth on that one. Uh, or a spare room in your house, maybe, or something like. No, we don't. Have, we have got no spare rooms at all. Our house is fully booked. But you live in a five bedroom. Is only two. The the house is fully booked. We've got a dog. We got cats in the neighborhood that tend to drop in every now. And then. Got a lot of relatives. A lot of people visit us. We're just so full up. You just wouldn't believe it. Uh, have you ever Have you ever thought about some of the things that you did ask for, though, that you did get? I remember my first job. I, you know, I was out of college and university, as they call it, and I wanted a job so bad. I mean, I, I was broke. I moved from uh, Kalamazoo, where I graduated, over to San Diego, and the money was just running out. And I'm like, I'm living in this dive hotel that had cockroaches so big, seriously, you could saddle them up, and they would have been in rawhide, you know. <laughs> move them in, move them out. Like, they were everywhere. They moved in the dark, that and the rats. It was, it was just brilliant. I was so desperate to get out of that, that hole and, and, and get a job. And I remember when I, I got a job. Like, it was amazing. I wasn't saved yet. I got a job. Uh, because the person in charge of HR went to the same university that I did back in Kalamazoo, Michigan, Western Michigan University. It's like, you're kidding, you went to Western Michigan? Yeah, where did you live? Oh, I lived in Dutton, Dutton Street. I lived on Dutton Street. No way. Even if I didn't live on Dutton Street to get the job. Yeah, me 
too. I lived on Dutton Street, like amazing. And uh, anyway, I got the job. I remember, though, that I wanted that job. Like, I was so desperate, not just for money, but just, just the cool thing to work for San Diego Gas and Electric Company. It was like, wow, this is like all of my dreams come true. I wanted it so desperately. After I got that job, man, I hated it. It's like, I got to work again? Like, the weekend is, was so good. You know, we went to Las Vegas for the weekend or whatever, and now I got to go to this job that I just don't like, but I wanted it so bad. Be careful. You just might get what you ask for. How about wanting a car so bad? Have you ever had like a really, like a nice car that you really, really wanted so bad? I had this Lexus once, a 250, and I bought it secondhand, but it was practically brand new. And, you know, polished that thing up and everything else. It was just like, this is a dream until I realized the hard way, that the front cowling on the front uh, uh, of the car was so low that you just couldn't pull in the car parks with that little concrete thing there. And the first time I heard it, that, that noise of pulling in too far and wrecking the hole underneath. <laughs> this car, man, this is a curse. This is terrible. Everywhere I go, people are just like banging it. And I wanted it so bad, but then I got it. What about your spouse? I want a wife, God! Ah, I just don't want to be single anymore! Da, 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 da. And then, this woman that you gave me, God, she won't do what I say. And she keeps denting my Lexus that I believe for that I finally got now that's become a noose around my neck. And all the, all the other stuff. Do you really, you know, do you really, really, really know what you're asking for? Do you really, really want it? Some of the ladies going, yes, I want that man. <laughs> oh, I'm with you, Pastor Ed, but I do. I've thought about it. So will what you hope for be worth having when you get it? I often look at famous people. Everybody, you know, oh, I'd love to be. I was watching a doco, a documentary on Neil Armstrong, and like, wow, first man on the moon, comes back from the moon. It's like ticker tape after ticker tape, world tour, sun and autographs. And then they had interviews, because Neil's passed on, but they had interviews from Neil's uh, first wife. Yes, first wife, that's what fame kind of did to his marriage. They had interviews from his son that never really got to see his dad all that much. They had interviews from his best friends that didn't get to see him very much after fame hit. And, and, and Neil, his fame became a curse. Look, I'm sure that what he wanted going to the moon had nothing to do with being famous because if you look at the documentary on the guy, he, he just wasn't that kind of guy. He wasn't wired that way. He's a test pilot. He just like, yep, I can do it. This is going to be good. Uh, this is a challenge, and I'm up for it. He was just wired for that challenge, but he had no idea what was going to hit him and challenge him when he got back from the moon, and it became a curse. Sign and autographs, like everywhere, everywhere these people go, the royals, oh, it would be so cool being a royal. No, I don't think it would at all. 
I think if you could be one right now, if you, you know, if there was a genie or something popped out of a bottle, I don't think that'd be your number one wish. I'd like to be a royal. No, you would never ask for that. You know you would never ask for that because you would get plagued by paparazzi. You'd just get so over it. Another autograph, like in a restaurant. I can't even eat a meal. Come on. Like, be careful what you ask for because you just might get it. Do you really, really want whatever it is right now, whatever it is right now that you are believing for and asking for and got your hopes up for? Think about it. Think about it really hard. Do I really, really want it? There's a saying, and I generally agree with it, that wanting is better than having. And sometimes that's true. Sometimes the best thing about hope is actually hoping in the process of dreaming about it. Sometimes that's, that's actually the, the better thing than getting it. The thing that you want so bad, but you don't want it anymore. Or the person that you want it so bad that you don't want anymore. Number two, question. Will it move you towards God or away from God? Very few people ask this question, and I'm amazed. In fact, in all my years of pastoring, I can say this, and I study people for a living. I study the Word. I study people. I like looking at people. I like thinking, how can I help more people? How can I be more discerning? How can I get into more worlds and, and help somebody out? And, and, and my journey has been uh, very much complemented that, driving limousines, being in business, and carrying suitcases, and working in the factory, all the rest of it. It's just relating to a lot of different people in life. But I've, I've watched people move toward God and away from God. And I can honestly say this. It wasn't sex, drugs, and rock and roll that's the main thing that drove people away from God. It's what we're going to talk about right now in asking that question, will whatever it is when you get it, and that it could be a person too, like is in marriage or something or a friendship or a job, Will it move you towards God or away from God? First Timothy, listen to this, chapter 6, 17 to 19. The scripture says this. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor put their, listen, nor put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain. So where should my, my hope be then? Timothy, but to put their hope in God. I want everybody to say this together. My hope belongs in God. You got that? Your hope is to be in God and nothing else. You might hope for things, but the time that your things become your hope and your hope is in those things, including uh, the share market or the money in your bank or the house or the car, whatever it is, or even people, whatever it is, if your hope is in those things, you have missed the point you're going further and further away from God. But put their hope in God, who richly, I love this bit here. This just spells it out, God's will, who richly provides us with everything in these next three words are incredible for our enjoyment. God's not a killjoy. Whoever's telling you that has got religious. 
God is not a killjoy. God, God was not against me having that 250 Lexus. It was like, okay, son, like drive it. Have fun with it. Uh, you know, God's not against you having a nice house. God's not against any of it. God gives you these things for your enjoyment as long as your hope's not in those things, as long as those things don't become something to be worshipped. I wasn't out there every day, Paul. Was, oh, this is so good. You know, you are my God, Lexus. Come on. Like, if you hope for, whatever you hope for, if it takes you away from time spent with God, or if it takes you away from time spent with your spouse, or, or time spent with your, your children, then you're hoping for the wrong thing. You've got to ask yourself, is this moving me towards God or away from God? Because it should have, a, 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 it should be something that moves you towards God and gives you more time to love, think, walk, and spend time with the people that matter in life, especially God. So how will you hope for something? And what will you hope for that, that gives life for others, that, that lifts other people's hopes up to a, a much higher level? It's, it's, it's thinking beyond that. Is it moving me towards God? And if it does, then you're giving hope to other people, and, and there's a reason for you having it. How, how will what you hope for give hope to others? That's not one of the main things to ask. That's just throwing that in there. And will the time and energy, listen, will the time and energy it takes to keep your hope alive be less than the time and energy that you will spend keeping what you hope for from destroying your life? If I could put that into an equation, I would. I'll read it again. Will the time and energy it takes to keep your hope alive be less than the time and energy you will spend keeping what you hoped for from destroying your life. Third and final question. This one hurts really bad. And we're in the process of it right now. And I've already alluded to it. Drum roll. You're on the edge of your seat. What is it? That's good, Mitch. Thanks, bro. Do you have enough of it already? <laughs> How much, how much of it <laughs> is it going to take? <laughs> Matthew 6, 19 and 21, listen to this. Jesus talking now. That was James before. Oh, that's just James. That was Tim Timothy. Jesus, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, filling your garage, every cupboard and drawer in your house, the pantry, and even outside spilling out onto the lawn. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. You ever had that happen? But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there's your heart also. Now, there are three things that you can do with it. Number one, you can spend it. You can spend it on yourself. You can spend it on it on somebody that you love. You can spend it. And there's nothing wrong with that. We spend all the time. 
Shout somebody a meal, buy a nice birthday gift. Men, anniversary gifts, they go down pretty well. Get you a few points there. You can spend it or you can invest it. You can invest it here. You can invest it there for eternity. He talks about that. Store it up in heaven. Invest into heaven. Or you can give it away. You can give it to help other people. You can give it to a cause, to further a cause in the earth. And there's probably no, no limit to the number of causes that there are that are out there wanting your money. They want you to in, uh, invest in their cause. But before you ask for more, make sure that you really need more. I always like seconds. I, I have a habit of overeating. Now, this is, I, you know, a bit of confession doesn't hurt, does it? Can, can I do that? Are you guys okay if... You're not going to think less of me, are you, if, I, if I'm just, I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to wear my heart on my sleeves for a moment. So I tend to overeat. And everybody knows it. And I look, you know, some people, they got other vices, television, uh, you know, drugs and alcohol, stuff like that. Mine's just like, if it's a good meal, and you know from going to dinner party with me, some of you guys, we go to the dinner party. You know, man, the pastor, I could, I could hear it. Look, you think I can't hear you whispering? I can hear you. The pastor likes to eat a bit, doesn't he? How many times has he been up there? Man, save some for somebody else. Like, hold back. Like, I like to eat good food. I like seconds and Occasionally, like most of the time, thirds, if there's anything left over, I'm cleaning up on it. We had seven kids in our family, you know, stepbrothers, sisters, halves, all the rest of it. And there was food in the middle. And, man, there was nothing left over at the end of it. Like, I ran the two-mile in track, and I was very outgoing. I was skinny as a rail, just a skinny, pimply kid, you know. And I, I just could just eat as much as I wanted. Like, I was just always hungry, always hungry. And, and two things I just don't like being, and that's hungry and cold. Like, I don't like being hungry and cold. And so the hunger thing, I can solve that one. I can just get in. If it's a buffet, all you can eat, something like that. Like, oh, you are speaking my language there. I like it. I like to eat. I love it. So, but I always want seconds, but. The question I have to ask myself is, do I need it? Do I really need that extra piece of Elaine's beautiful cheesecake? <laughs> I want it. Look, Elaine, if you're out there, I want it. But the question is, do I need it? And it answers the reason why I go to the gym and cycle to work and back. It's not for just, you know, oh, just love a bit of fresh. It's because I like to eat. I'm just being honest with you. But maybe you would be better with less and not more of whatever it is that you got going on. In other words, why don't you live without the clutter in your life? Now, I'm still confessing. This is not over yet, but I've got way too many shoes. Gail bought a shoe rack. And it fits on one of the doors, which I don't like because you can't shut the wardrobe door. And the rack is there, and it's got all, you know, all the room for all the shoes. 
my, my shoes don't fit on the shoe rack. I got two shoe racks. They don't fit on two shoe racks. And then I got a big bag full of them. Some of them have hardly ever been worn. In fact, it wasn't that long ago I went out and I saw these beautiful ASIC shoes that I'd bought. And I was like, oh, you know, they're such a good running shoe. And I got a pair of Brooks. I got about, I don't know, 10 Nikes or something like that. And, the, and I'm thinking, why are the shoes falling apart? And the fact was I hardly wore the shoe for so long that the rubber had already dissolved on the shoe. And I'm like, but it's such a beautiful shoe. It's, it's brand new. Exactly. You're cluttering. You, you're, you're, you've got way more than what you need. Do you really need more of it? Same thing with shirts. My shirts go out of style before I even get a chance to wear them. And I went to try on some pants for this wedding that fit with the suit. And the pants don't fit because I've gained so much weight from Elaine's cheesecake. You've got to blame somebody. Some people blame the devil, Elaine. I'm just blaming you for that. I'm too much. I've got too much. Don't look at me that you do too. You got way too much. You got way more than what you need. And sometimes what you hope for needs to shrink you before you get more of it. Great book, and I'm going to close in a moment. I'd like the team to come back up here, but Great book that I just read. Uh, my son recommended it, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And I love that book because sometimes what we have too much of is just clutter in our life, busyness, things that we're just so busy with. We're just taking on more, taking on more. And this guy that pastored a megachurch, because you could be in a ministry and keep taking on more stuff, just like you do more shoes or anything else. You don't need more of it. You need less of it. Slow down. Is it moving you towards God or away? Are you spending more time with God or less time because of it, even if that it is busyness? Are you moving towards your kids and spending time with your spouse because of it, or is it moving you away? You need to ask yourself that question. Now, the final thing, and these this kind of wraps it up, but a lot of times... We get upset about the resistance and the delay to whatever it is that we're hoping for. And the wisdom in this is, is, is amazing. Resistance and delay are what get you ready. Resistance, resistance and delay, we, we blame the devil. Oh, devil's resisting me from getting that. 250 Lexus. So the devil's resisting me. Sometimes the devil's not resisting you. It's God. God resists the proud, the Bible says, and gives grace to the humble. Sometimes you don't need it because you are full of pride, and you're going to get even worse, and you are going to destroy you and everything in your life if you get it. So God, out of his mercy and out of his grace, is like, no, 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 son or daughter, no. You really don't need it right now. Maybe in the future you'll, you, you'll get it when you're ready. And, and resistance and delay is probably for your own sake so that your character has time to develop before you go getting married to somebody and making their life miserable because you're still a boy with a beard and you, you can't get it together. Maybe it's time for you to realize that, that resistance and delay could be God saving you. I... I I embrace that now. 
it's taken too long, God. Maybe it's God's mercy that it's taken long at all and that we need to go. God, thank you so much. Some of the things that I've gotten, I, I was like, God, thank you so much I didn't get that earlier because I'd have lost it quick smart. God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Your success that you want, it might kill you if you get it before your time. You're not ready for it yet, partner. So relax. The character could be the connection to your delay. So take the time, the delay, even the resistance. Let your character build. and Take the delay time and think about it. Think about those three questions that I told you that you need to ask you. Think about it. Why do you want it? Why is it? What are you going to do with it when you get it? And maybe you've already got enough of it already, and more of it is just honestly going to clutter your life up and move you away from God that you, that you know that you need to worship and draw close to. Amen. Can I pray for you this morning? I'd like everybody to bow their heads. This was a tough message for me because, like I said, I just love Get your dream higher. Get your hopes up high. Come on, faith. But I still want you to have all of that. God does too. He wants you to have things for enjoyment, but not to destroy your life. Father, I thank you that every hope and every dream of every person that's here right now, I thank you that those dreams, if they've asked you and they've gone to you, that you haven't just shut them down and that you're not the killjoy God at all. We trust you right now. We get our hopes up. I know that you want us to have good things for pleasure. We just read that. And I pray that all of us in asking those questions would get a clear answer to each of those questions and think about these things so that whatever it is that you do bless us with, we can enjoy it. It's not going to destroy us that you would still be on the throne at the center of our life. With every head bowed, I want to ask you a question right now. It's, it's the most important question that you could ever be asked. Do you know Jesus Christ? Have you asked him into your heart to be your Savior and your Lord? Do you know for certain that if you died today, you'd go to heaven because Jesus is your Savior and he's your Lord? If you're not sure and you don't have an answer to that right now, as you ask yourself that question, I want to give you a chance right now to ask Jesus Christ into your heart. Most everybody here has. It's the biggest decision that you'll ever make. It leads to eternal life. It'll set the compass for hope and every other thing in your life. Move you closer to the one that created you. So I'd like all of us to pray this prayer together. And if you've prayed this prayer for the first time or you're coming back to God, we want to resource you as a church. And so we have a Bible that we'd like to give you. If you'd please visit the information desk in the back. And we've also got some books on one that I wrote on baptism, which is your next step after salvation. And, uh, and, and also uh, a Bible study that you can do on your own to get to know God and, and, and his ways. But right now, if you'd like to pray this prayer after me, just one of all of us will pray it out loud. If you mean this in your heart, 
And God's assurance is that you shall be saved. Say this after me. Dear God, I give you my life. Jesus, I thank you for being the Lord of my life. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.